0: a native speaker featuring this podcast episode. recording hello everyone you are listening to the next English podcast and today I have none other than Claire here with me hello Claire hello welcome back to the next English podcast how are you doing
1: I'm doing fine thank you have you told your listeners that I'm now teaching English in the Czech Republic
0: no I haven't but it was part of my intro That's that's quite something isn't it? Because last yeah. time last time I spoke to you uh, I don't even know when it was it might might have been like a year and something it was ago. About a year ago. It was in
1: 2017 in spring of 2017.
0: Yeah, I think it was at the beginning of spring of 2017 if my memory serves me right.
1: Mhm.
0: <laughs> so a lot has changed since then. Um I have worked a bit in your country, you have been working in mine, uh, we still unfortunately have Miloji as uh, the president of this country. Uh, you are still negotiating the Brexit deal and um, yeah, Arsene Wenger has uh, managed his last Arsenal game and uh, Donald Trump is still the president of the United States of America.
1: So a lot has changed, but perhaps not all the changes we would wish.
0: <laughs> exactly. So so that's ironic. So you're in my country, actually, right now, aren't you?
1: Mm-hmm. I really want to ask you about your working in my country, but I'm sure that all your listeners have heard about it already. So maybe I should ask later.
0: Yeah, I don't mind. I can tell you more about it, of course.
1: Well, summarize for me. <laughs> what have you been doing?
0: Uh. uh... Well, I, I was hoping you you would tell me what you have been doing, but, uh, well, I have been um, recording episodes of The Next English Podcast, I've been doing my job uh, as a teacher, as an English teacher, mm-hmm. I have been uh, larking about a bit as well, you know, same old, okay, same old. So,
1: so we are colleagues now, in fact, yeah.
0: of a sort. Yeah, well. Mm-hmm. I I I would say I would go even further than that. I mean, we we definitely colleagues, <laughs> no need, no need for any vague language there, uh, because you're a TEFL teacher, aren't you? I am. Yeah. And so am I. And that's definitely something um, that I consider myself to be, because you can call it many ways. Of course, you can call it uh, uh, an English teacher. You can call it an ESL teacher, uh, whatever. But um yeah teaching English as a foreign language that's what I prefer to call it myself.
1: Mhm. So um have you have you taught English in your own country you have haven't you?
0: Yes I have for years. Have
1: you, have you been to any English teacher conferences in the Czech Republic?
0: I have but to be honest with you not I haven't been to uh, as many as I should have gone, possibly, (laughs) but I have been to two, about two. Yeah,
1: I'm just wondering if you've been to the English teacher conference, which is hosted twice a year by my employer, Park Language
0: School. I am pretty sure I haven't, but I may have heard about it. Is this happening in Brno? Yes. Yes. So because another colleague of mine has been there and she mentioned it to me and she also in kind of invited me and i am mm-hmm. definitely considering going there but uh, we will see
1: well i would definitely recommend it i seem to have hijacked the thread of this conversation a bit perhaps you'd like to get it back on the track you have planned yeah <laughs>
0: well, that's fine you know anytime <laughs> at least at least we're doing something different here which mm-hmm. is always good uh, well, I just wanted to remind our listeners uh, your last appearance, which was in episode 161. And it was wow. called Teacher Talk with Claire. So do, do you remember it a bit?
1: I do a little bit, yes.
0: Mm-hmm. So, I, yeah. I
1: mostly remember discussing Brexit with you rather than teaching.
0: <laughs> I guess we discussed a bit of both. Uh, I, think, I think it was a hot issue at the time. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it still is, but uh, let, let, let's say uh, the uh, the bus is not that high, or how, how shall I put it?
1: We've all had some time to get used to the idea.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying it rather reluctantly, though. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, anyway, so um, uh, how is Czech Republic? A simple question, I guess. Could you sum, sum it up in a few sentences for us?
1: Uh, this time of year, absolutely beautiful. <laughs> in June, it suddenly hit sort of 20 degrees every day. and The weather hasn't really altered since. And you can't imagine what a luxury that is for me yeah. as an English person. I wake up and I know that I can put on exactly these clothes and I will be comfortable for the whole day. <laughs>
0: Well, it's not just for you. I have to tell you something. This is not usual, though. Uh, we um, have been yeah. kind of inundated by these hot days. And it's more like summer days, isn't it? But mm-hmm. it's I... Very surprising. Yeah. But I don't really remember this ever happening here. So it must be the global warming and... Probably, all... yeah. Yeah. All the, changing, all the changes in the society. It must, have, mm-hmm. it must have taken its toll on weather or something you know
1: well the winter was very brutal
0: yeah that's sarcasm
1: <laughs> but again i think it was brutal in the uk as well i don't think i've experienced uh-huh. normal weather i also think i'm revealing my nationality somewhat by uh, the first topic i chose to discuss um last Weekend, so in fact the day before yesterday, I visited the Katahinska Caves for the first time. And I was absolutely blown away by the beauty of mm. your countryside at this time of year, or the nature as Czech people like to call it.
0: Okay. So did you actually go inside of those caves? Or... Yes, we did. Yeah. And so so what did you see there?
1: Uh we saw all the famous um rock formations like the bamboo forest and the fairy tale castle and the wicked old witch have you seen them
0: i i have been to the caves but i'm not sure what caves they were because i was pretty young i was about 10 years old mm-hmm. but well yeah.
1: that's interesting that these aren't um it's not the biggest cave system in the czech republic because that one was fully booked and we couldn't go but they're the biggest individual
0: caves. I see, I see. Well, and they I, have
1: concerts there.
0: It's funny, because about three years ago, I've been actually, I was um, uh, actually in the cheddar caves. Does ah,
1: that,
0: yes, yes. Does it ring the bell?
1: Yeah, and do you like cheddar cheese?
0: Uh, Yeah, I don't mind. It's pretty good. Yeah, sure. I'm not being enthusiastic enough. No, no. the thing is, I, I generally like cheese, so... I, mm-hmm. Um, cheddar cheese is, is pretty good, yeah, sure.
1: No, for me, cheddar cheese is the one true cheese.
0: <laughs> You're not the first Brit to say that. <laughs> mm-hmm. I've heard and it from someone else the, too. Sorry. Do your
1: listeners know what we're referring to?
0: Um it's a type of cheese which comes from cheddar. What it, what's it called? Is it is it a village or is it a town? Um, it's a small town in England. It's I think it's the is the west of england as far as i know Uh,
1: yes the crucial part the southwest of england the crucial part is not cheddar village but cheddar gorge
0: ah what 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 does that even mean
1: a gorge you could call it a a ravine or a canyon the grand canyon in america is a very big gorge it's like a a hole in the ground that's been carved by a river And in this very steep hole, there are lots of caves. Mm -hmm. And these caves are where they mature the cheddar cheeses because there's a very low
0: temperature in there. I see. Which gives it the special flavor and smell and whatnot, right? That's the the very reason. Exactly. Okay. And of course,
1: the temperature was also very low in the um, Katolinska caves.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. So So I had to be sure to dress more warmly
0: than usual yeah yeah it doesn't come as a surprise that they made these destinations tourist attractions because you know that's what you do these days
1: mm-hmm. and all of this is relevant to my job of course because i was there at the invitation of an ex-student of mine oh, really? um, a wonderful wonderful lady in her 50s so i think that um coming as a teacher and teaching the local people is really a wonderful way to uh open up doors win hearts and minds and get some local uh local tour guiding
0: uh, definitely yeah sounds sounds like a great idea uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> is this your only is this your only invitation like that or have you been to other places as well um invited by your students
1: <laughs> It's it's my only invitation from my students because Personally, I try to keep a professional distance and not actually hang out with my students while I'm teaching them. But I have a lot of colleagues who don't behave this way and they go out for beer with their students all the time. So I think I'm just a bit picky about it.
0: Yeah, you think this crosses the boundaries? Would you, would you say well, so?
1: you've got to remember I got my start in the UK teaching children. So we had some uh, very strict rules about what was appropriate.
0: Yeah. I think that's that's definitely a different case though, because like a fifty-year-old mm-hmm. woman, I don't I don't think it's there is any risk or danger uh, of some, no. of something going wrong if you just start hanging out with uh, someone of that age, and I don't mm-hmm. I don't think so. I, 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 unless you're break, unless you're violating some sort of uh, contract um, rule well. or something, I don't know.
1: The only risk would, me, would be me uh, doing something so terrible that it reflected badly on my school. But since <laughs> she's not a customer of the school anymore, then I think it doesn't matter.
0: Such as <laughs> so locking your student I- inside of your uh, dungeon cave or cave dungeon, some, some whatever. Such, uh... <laughs>
1: Or
0: pushing them, pushing them over the edge of a cliff in a cave, for example. Uh, okay, I, I think we we all do have these ideas, but uh, I, I believe when when she was hosting you there, I, I don't think you felt like you were teaching her, did No, me? not at all. And this is when these thoughts would come, right? When we <laughs> teach. it's not always an easy, easy job. I have to say, it, it's definitely not a easy. lovely one, but. <laughs>
1: And sometimes I walk into the classroom and I say, uh, good morning, students. <laughs> and because Czech people have this uh, Slavic temperament where they don't like small talk, um, they look at me like, who is this crazy person who's saying, good morning, how are you? And they don't say anything. Yeah. And then I think, fight me. <laughs> I said, good morning. Say good morning back.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah this is what you have to do it's part of your job and you are like uh, you are right um, your Brit- british temperament might be a little bit different although although i would say uh, you are also very sarcastic so you could we
1: are very sarcastic
0: so, so it it is pretty much a pretense from you because you know you have to do this as part of your job <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. yes absolutely i can't be sarcastic to my students and you've got to remember as well Apart from one or two, I haven't really taught English teenagers. So I can come to the Czech Republic or I can teach Italians at summer school and I can say, oh, Italian teenagers are terrible, Czech teenagers are terrible, Russian teenagers are terrible. I expect if I ever had to teach English teenagers, I'd say, no, they're the worst of all.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that really depends. It's really hard to say. And there are differences uh, among different nationalities as well which is really interesting mm-hmm. in terms of the mentality and the, the, the classroom dynamic. And also like if you have a multilingual class uh, not all nationalities are compatible. There are so many, so many different layers to this.
1: Oh, I would love to have a multilingual
0: class though. Well, what's stopping you?
1: I work in the Czech Republic. <laughs> um, in, know, a, right? in a school that has mostly Czech clients.
0: <laughs> Yeah, it's a bit annoying. I, I know what you I know what you mean. I have also taught uh, Czech people at, a lang- at actually two different language schools, might have been three, so I know what you're talking about. Um, oh, no,
1: it's not, a, it's not a problem with Czech students. When I had entirely Italian students, I wished I had a multilingual class as well because yeah. students need to know the point of what they're learning. Exactly. Imagine that you can only communicate in English. Imagine how useful this will be then. Yeah. If you have a multilingual group, it's useful immediately. They yeah. can't communicate with, and make friends unless they do it in English.
0: I think this is a great point. I think uh, it's, it's absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Uh, you do need to have some sort of purpose. And it's, it just feels it just feels more authentic. Like mm-hmm. you, you wanted me to tell you a bit about my um, London teaching experience. So basically last mm-hmm. last July, I taught in London, Wembley. And mm-hmm. um, well, <laughs> it's funny enough well I was teaching Italian students most most of the time. And occasionally there were some Russians and uh, a bit Chinese. But yeah, I had some um, Italians and occasional Russians. It seems like the, those are the two nations that <laughs> come most yeah. to to England for some reason. <laughs> I do not know why. I don't know why myself, but it's it was definitely way cooler when um, when we had a multilingual class. Definitely. Yeah, I agree with you.
1: Even though they sometimes talk across each other.
0: Yeah, but they're kind of nice. I I like Italians. I like to teach Italians. I do. I'm not just saying this because I have some Italian listeners now, by the way. <laughs> no,
1: no, no. I found there was always energy in the classroom okay. when I taught Italians. It wasn't always positive energy, but there was always energy.
0: The ones I taught, it was mostly positive energy. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes it was lack of energy because what they were because you know they have loads of those trips, right? So Mm -hmm. what what they do, they have a trip in the morning and then they come to the lessons in the afternoon, absolutely knackered sometimes. So they were like, oh, teacher, I am a bit bit (laughs) exhausted. I can't have a lesson. Can we just talk, teacher?
1: I never let them call me teacher. I don't want them to see me as just another faceless oppressor. I want them to call my humanity and have a relationship with me. So it's clear, Almost
0: clear. Uh, actually, to me, them calling me a teacher was a blessing. After, after having been called um, a sir, <laughs> here teaching in the Czech Republic, I teach a lot of uh, students from the Middle East, and for, mm-hmm. for, for some reason. Uh, they they call me sir and i try hard i try really hard to to un un unteach them um to call me that uh, explaining that I, I haven't been knighted and all those sorts mm-hmm. of uh, tricks uh, <laughs> we may use but they still keep calling me sir
1: and... um in england it's actually pretty common that um secondary school students call teachers sir and miss uh-huh
0: I know. Actually, yeah,
1: but I, go on. I moved from a school where we did call the teachers sir and miss to a school where they didn't. It was you know Mr X, Mrs Y, and my science teacher was calling the register, and so I said here, sir, and he thought it was hilarious, and he forced all the students to call him sir for the rest of the
0: lesson. So that <laughs> happened. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> It's a bit awkward, this, you know, this, how you should address the teacher. And to mm-hmm. be honest with you, I never, I never mind if, if, if the, uh, I don't mind if my students just call me Denek. And this is how I feel, um, best, you know?
1: Yeah. I think I'd get a real kick out of being called Miss, though.
0: <laughs> so, what, what do the Czech students call you here?
1: Um, by my name.
0: Okay. So, that's, that's quite comfortable, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it's pretty, pretty relaxed. Mm-hmm. Um, I do find that Czech students are quite shy compared to some others I've taught. I think they're often uh, scared of being wrong or of being imaginative.
0: Yeah, I think, I think uh, that's spot on. Um, it's just the way, I think it's, it's, it comes down to the education system in the Czech Republic and you know? the way, and the, way um, um, the teachers uh, think. And their their entire mindset and the way it's just um, set you know mm-hmm. uh, I it's completely different in the UK like even when I teach there at the at the language school at the summer school I can feel the it's so palpable the difference because in in, in, UK, in the UK um, the focus is on the student you know and the teacher teacher talk is undesirable whereas mm. here, you would just have a teacher talking a lot a lot of like lecturing it the times are changing a bit you know uh mm-hmm. the the university try to educate the the upcoming teachers in a different way but you still do have a lot of those older teachers and mm-hmm. and, and they are prevalent really so it's you know it's a gradual gradual process
1: of course critics of the UK state education system say that we have the the same problem, you know, tests, 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 right and wrong answers, no room for creativity. And in fact, they argue that we're getting more like that, trying to go back to the old school. But definitely it's, um, it's reassuring to have foreigners say that we're doing something right, you know, that we're not as bad as
0: we be. Well, def- definitely in terms of language like language learning and it's just also partially in our i would say mentality and mm-hmm. the way we are we are a bit like that we don't want to come out of our comfort zone we are afraid to um yeah. to stand out a little bit you know we hide it but, the, um, but yeah
1: the language teaching that we do is private sector so there's more money sloshing around more opportunity for new ideas and because it's an extra thing that some students are doing the stakes are lower if we try a new method and it doesn't work whereas
0: exactly if you try
1: a new method in the state schools and it doesn't work that's the student's entire education gone
0: and i would say we oftentimes actually end up being appreciated by the students if we try something like that for example um, I. I'm sure you've heard about me uh, trying to implement all these board games into my teaching. It's it's so, some sort mm-hmm. of my uh, speci- speciality or something I do, and cool. and it's definitely appreciated by the students because they can see it's something different and unique. So yeah, you're right about that. That the private mm-hmm. sector is different.
1: I think that's really what my teaching is lacking. I'm quite an academic person myself. And I think that some of my students find my lessons too academic. I want to make sure that I'm packing in, hmm. you know, interesting and useful stuff. And I sometimes, I think I forget to make it fun.
0: I'm, I'm sure I'm sure there is some sort of balance we all have to have. Like, I, I personally hmm. love uh, doing academic stuff myself. So I know what you're talking about. It's just, I, I guess you, you have to kind of follow the... Uh, you just have to decide based on the atmosphere in the classroom and the like the needs and and uh, is it the end of the school year is it after an an, a, a, an important nerve-wracking test or is it perhaps when you have to tick all those boxes from your curriculum you know you, you have to make all sorts of decisions being a teacher exactly.
1: you know learning should be fun they say I think it's possible for it to be fun every lesson getting new vocabulary or new grammar into your head can't always be fun but it doesn't have to be miserable
0: yeah yeah i I always just try to follow my my heart and i i I sort of i try to be responsive that's almost the most important thing for me as a teacher to be Mm -hmm. responsive to to be able to uh to adjust and accommodate yourself uh, based on whatever is happening in the classroom, whatever needs they have, uh, you know, so, yeah. Absolutely
1: right. I've actually clashed pretty seriously with some of my adult students who I think expect their evening class to be sort of more of a language club. Uh-huh. And meanwhile, uh-huh. I'm sticking them to the textbook. I'm introducing new grammar every lesson. And they say, we did the same thing all lesson. <laughs> I said that you did speaking, listening, reading, grammar. You moved around the classroom and talked to other students. And they're saying, no, but we want to play games.
0: <laughs> Maybe after after we record this, I can give you a few recommendations if you want.
1: Yeah, I think that would be very useful. Yeah. It's always good to uh, lean on your colleagues yeah. for professional
0: development. Anyway, feel free to come over to Podjebrali because, I, as you know, I have this board game meetup here. I keep
1: meaning to. I get the invitation every week. Every week, I'm like, oh, some
0: other time. <laughs> how about how about a bit of incentive? If you come, I can actually lend you a few games, okay? But when would I ever
1: get them back to you? I'd have to come
0: twice. Uh, you do have to come twice because I need them <laughs> before before I go back. I go back to England because that that should be happening again.
1: Oh, exciting for the summer!
0: E- not for uh, the entire summer, but definitely for the first. For the uh, for the beginning of summer. Yeah, for the first month. Wonderful. Yeah. To teach in a summer school? Uh sorry, come again.
1: To teach in a summer school?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think All right,
1: that, we can edit this part out. This is just small talk.
0: It doesn't matter. <laughs> small talk. Small talk matters. And uh my listeners are used to it. They we have had all sorts of rambly episodes on the next English podcast. Don't worry about that. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Okay so what other questions do you have for me
0: I just wanted to ask you like generally speaking what were the what have been your highlights here as not necessarily as a teacher but perhaps as as a person as Claire and uh, <laughs> on the other hand uh, do you have any low points
1: oh. um there've been a lot of highlights as soon as I got here um, I was amazed by how easy it was to find folk and swing dancing, which are big hobbies of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was studying in Moscow, a big problem for me was becoming socially isolated. Now I think that was partly just that I was less experienced, because the idea that there's nothing to do in a city the size of Moscow is absurd, right? I just Definitely. didn't know. I just didn't know where to look for it, but here I did, and. I found, you know, swing communities. I found folk communities. I was out and doing stuff in like my first week. I found an English-speaking meetup. It's just so much, so much um, to do. That's yeah, to
0: that's, do. So, that's so cool. I mean, I can imagine that for someone living abroad, and you may have not had a social circle here. I can imagine mm-hmm. this is this is a must to find uh something that you feel comfortable in because you do need those t- those little moments of free time if I, I can't imagine myself without any of those moments because then basically uh, it's like have you ever played the game sims basically
1: yeah i heard of
0: it so so you do need to you need to, you do need to um uh meet all those needs of your sims who are basically characters like uh, mm-hmm. representing people and one of the needs is definitely a need for uh, uh fun or enjoyment right And yeah and so, social connection definitely and you can't just teach and do your job all, all along you have to yeah. wind, wind what's the word wind down
1: mm-hmm. yep or yep. unwind maybe
0: Un- yeah yep. yeah
1: yeah it's very interesting to me that you made that analogy because you know, for some people, and I'm one of those people, self-care doesn't necessarily come naturally. I'd rather just sit down at home than go out. But actually, in the long term, it won't be good for me. So I have to remind myself that I'm, I'm a sim and I need to fulfill all my social bars and so forth.
0: <laughs> yeah, but don't, don't take it too seriously because then uh, you might end up being an OCD or something. You know, <laughs> 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 I have um, had a friend like that, actually. Who who always like um, he always planned his free time and he 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 wrote down every single time he bought something he wrote down the price and it was it was just a bit weird he just followed one of those self help books you know mm-hmm. and just nah, w- 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 know. wanted to become the the a better person and mm-hmm. I think I think there's a fine line there <laughs> which you shouldn't cross.
1: No, I've got more of a free jazz approach to my life.
0: (laughs) You're a free spirit.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, not really, but I'm freer than that friend you described. Um, Another highlight, honestly, has been public transport. It's just so convenient living in this city.
0: Is it? Mm -hmm. So we're talking Brno, yeah?
1: Yeah, Brno. Like, everyone can afford it. It's so frequent. Even at night, the night buses are pretty decent.
0: Yeah, cool to hear. It's uh, Brno is actually the second largest city in the Czech Republic, just to remind mm-hmm. my listeners. And I have recorded some episodes from Brno before, uh, notably one with Ethan, if you want to check out the archive listeners. But uh, let's get back to you. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. what we are here for. So any more highlights apart from uh, uh, your je- jazz live here in the Czech Republic and the mm-hmm. uh, the transport system?
1: Um, gosh, I feel like there's been, there's been such a lot I think I like, I like the way that Brno has a thriving international community But it's not a completely international city So that you could be anywhere in the world mm-hmm. uh, It's like a city that's open to the world That's aware of other cultures But it's still a Czech city Does that make sense?
0: Yes, it does I have to go back actually I don't go there as often as I would like to and I do have some friends there. I do <laughs> actually have some friends there and also a former student. So now you may you made me want to come back.
1: <laughs> yeah, you should come it's a lovely place. Yeah. Um if we're talking about lowlights, I suppose the only only thing I didn't enjoy is I didn't expect um relationships with um gypsy people to be such a an issue yeah. for Czech people. Yeah. I mean, I think that, I think actually the UK isn't any better. The only reason about it less is because we have a small, smaller traveler Roma population. But um, I remember this one time, um, um, this uh, Czech person I was with and I, we had to go somewhere and it turned out that it was in the, roma district and she started freaking out like oh my goodness it's so dangerous i can't believe we have to go here quick quick
0: yeah and
1: it was two in the afternoon there was nobody around nobody was looking at her funny and i just wondered why she was so worried and i found it rather upsetting that it was such a big deal for her
0: that pretty much sums it up i mean i would say um judging by my own experience that it's really different here from the UK, I mean, we, we both have our problems, I know. Mm-hmm. Like, it all essentially led to Brexit, but I think the difference is that here, uh, you can openly speak about
1: mm-hmm. such things
0: and you can openly be a xenophobe, pretty much, and mm-hmm. you are not being ashamed of speaking out in that in such kind of way. Whereas, if you're like that in England, I think, you know, at least officially, like, um, you know what I'm trying to say, yeah? yeah? Like, officially, you would be looked down on. This is frowned upon to be a yeah, ze- I, ze- I, xenophobe like... and racist. Whereas here, yeah. it seems to be um, absolutely fine, which I hate to admit, Claire.
1: Yeah. I think in the UK, we, you know, obviously we have problems with racism, but maybe we talk more in euphemisms.
0: Yeah. And Where,
1: yeah, whereas here sometimes I sit down with lovely, educated, compassionate <laughs> people, and then suddenly they start to say, oh, gypsies, this, gypsy's that, and I'm like, ah, what is this?
0: <laughs> oh my goodness. It's It, you, you, it must feel strange, really, <laughs> because uh, it's like so ambivalent, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, like contrast, such a contrast.
1: Yeah. So, you know, I think that um I think it's important to sort of mention the bad with the good to hopefully create some change. But yeah, I think equal exchange is fair enough. So was there any any low light for you in the UK? Um
0: I well, I had lived in London before when I was uh, about your age. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm like, I, honestly, I always wanted to go back. But of course, there are low lights, but it's more in terms of it being, let's say, less comfortable, because obviously mm-hmm. here I have like more background. I have a house here and I know more people and I can get around easily. Whereas yeah. in, in England, uh, for someone like me, for a non-native uh, speaker, it, it it brings a lot of challenges, let's say, or it pose, mm-hmm. poses a lot of challenges. Um and specifically, this job isn't the easiest job in the world. I love it. I love the challenge of it. But working at, at a summer school, you actually do have to do all those duties, like lunch duties, dinner duties. You have to do the evening activities. So what I'm trying to say here is that um, uh, at times I felt a bit overworked. If you know what mm, I mean.
1: Absolutely. Um, I, I would imagine the other thing is... Even though London is a very international city, I can't imagine it as welcoming to foreign people as Bruno is. Uh, I don't
0: know, the, I'm, I'm not sure the, if I agree with you, but go on.
1: I, I'd be I'd be very happy to learn that London is welcoming to Czech people, but um, it just seems to me that because Czech isn't a widely spoken language, Czech people are kind of resigned to the fact that. Um, that lots of foreigners will be passing through, wanting to speak English, so you can generally find some English. Whereas, if you went to London not speaking English, you'd be screwed.
0: Hmm. hmm. Yeah, perhaps. I I, mm-hmm. I believe it's also a bit different for you and for me, because actually, I think we have good attitude to to the Brits as such. Like we do, yeah. we 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 do love to have them here. Whereas I'm not sure how it is the other way around and that's obviously because of uh, the fact that there are a lot of economic migrants going to Mm. England and I absolutely get it and it would it would probably be the same here if uh, a lot of people came here because of uh, wanting to earn money just because of wanting to earn money not actually caring about the culture at all not showing any a sort of willingness to learn the language, which is often the case of a lot mm. of Eastern Europeans who go, who who went to uh, uh, the UK. And that's perhaps part of the problem. So. Well, I haven't encountered it personally,
1: but um, definitely my colleague was complaining the other day about American guy who was... Um, Working here and was claiming that no Europeans have any empathy, and he hadn't even learned to say a den, So,
0: <laughs> which means a good um, good day, something like good day, which you don't really good say. Day. Yeah, it's what Australians say, I believe. But <laughs> good
1: day, yes. Yeah. Well, we used to say a good day in the UK, and we still say a good morning, a good
0: night. Yeah, definitely. Okay, what about, uh, what, I mean, we have been talking for a long time. It's been a lovely chat with you, but I don't want to uh hold you up perhaps you want to go back to something more important than this so let me ask you about um what what can i ask you about actually um actually claire i mm-hmm. prepared something here uh would you mind me uh throwing in a few items of vocabulary and asking you to explain uh, them for me
1: not at all but let me ask how often do you get a native english
0: speaker on as the next english podcast um mm-hmm. quite often well i i can get native speakers on this podcast um quite often it's uh, okay. it's for example one we have got one irish girl who who comes to um the board game meetup every single time so i have had her on the podcast i have got a lot of friends due to um me making this board game kingdoms of deceit uh so I've had a Northern Irish Northern Irish on the podcast. So it's not that uncommon, Claire. <laughs> okay, so
1: um asking a native speaker about vocabulary items some um, once in a blue moon occurrence.
0: <laughs> no, I just I just thought uh if I if I run out of ideas here I could do this because it's I designed it in a, in an interesting way because your name is Claire so what I did was I came up with about 10 different items of vocabulary and basically I I thought I could test you on um uh, giving us uh, some definitions these might not be the easiest um uh, words to explain but uh yeah anyway <laughs>
1: Okay, well, when I was in school, all my teachers wrote on my report card. Claire has a wide vocabulary, so let's see how we go.
0: <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's the case. Okay, uh, okay, let's let's start. Uh, callous. Callous. Uh huh.
1: Um, uncaring, unsympathetic. Um, it's not it's not even cruel exactly. It's just you see someone suffering, you don't care. Maybe you laugh a bit.
0: All right, uh, how about cumbersome?
1: Cumbersome, something generally physically inconvenient and awkward. If I have like a, a big heavy cardboard box and it's got no handles, so I can't hold it in a convenient way, it's very cumbersome. Um, my sister was named Isabel Joan Valentine. And when my grandmother heard this name, she was worried that it would be a cumbersome name
0: for Uh, my sister. Okay, okay.
1: Luckily, my sister grew into the kind of person who could carry off this sort of name. Mm -hmm.
0: Okay, and the next one on the list is Capricus. Capricus. Capricious? Oh, damn, I mispronounced it. Yes, you're right. Capricious. Maybe. It's partial. Yeah. Go on.
1: Maybe I mispronounced it.
0: No, 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 I'm sure, I'm sure it was, it was me, because I can't actually read it after myself here as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Capricious.
1: Now, this is a word I've never looked up and have only learned from context, but I think it means sort of um, doing whatever you want without sticking to plans or listening to other people and doing so in a, in a cruel way following your own whims without
0: empathy mm-hmm. do you want do you want me to quickly check it or... yeah that one okay. Up. okay i'll give it a quick check on google um, mm-hmm. what it says here is that it means given to sudden and unaccountable changes of mood or behavior mm-hmm. changing according to no discernible rules uh unpredictable volatile yes changeable something like that fickle and this would generally be unpleasant
1: for other people
0: Mm -hmm. all right the next word is clinical
1: clinical um well in a in a clinical setting sort of uh, medical um but we can also use it in a metaphorical sense to mean emotionally uninvolved um doing only what empirical evidence tells you to do um treating somebody as though they were just a clinical specimen rather than someone you were emotionally involved with
0: mm-hmm. and i also know it from the co- uh, collocation clinical finish <laughs> because as you know, you, as you know i'm a, a huge football football fan so um that was rather a clinical finish by steven gerrard so that might be a phrase you, you could hear. Uh, so does, it, a does it mean that he kicked the ball in a, a very precise way? Something along those lines, yeah. Like he was
1: a surgeon. Yeah.
0: yeah, exactly. Like it, It's like um, an incision.
1: <laughs> I'm also guessing that it wasn't a, a sort of fast sprinting, sweaty finish. It was more like that Spanish contact football technique where he did it without a lot of physical Efforts.
0: exertion. Yeah, and yeah. you made it look easy. It's some, mm. Sometimes we call it a tap-in, you know, it's a, oh, it, could be, it could be another piece of vocabulary. Uh, a tap I love it. Uh, yeah, a tap-in. <laughs> okay, so I have a few more here, about five more, is that all right? Absolutely fine. Okay, so the next one is canine. Spelling, please? Uh, canine. Uh, canine? Oh, damn it! What's wrong with my pronunciation? <laughs> that's 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 why I have you on the podcast, so that you can uh, <laughs> fix my pronunciation errors as well. Canine, ov- obviously. Um, to do with
1: dogs, right? Excuse me? To do with dogs.
0: Yes, I believe that it comes from um, Latin, doesn't it?
1: Yes, canis.
0: Mm-hmm. So you have like, feline would be, am I pronouncing it right, feline? Ye-line. Feline, feline, oh damn it. Okay, feline would be uh, to do with cats, and canine would be to do with dogs.
1: It can also be those pointy teeth at the sides of your mouth, which are for gripping and tearing prey. Okay. Uh, don't,
0: you, don't you also call them tusks, or would that be just... Uh... I,
1: mean, I wouldn't.
0: Okay. <laughs> All right, and what about clandestine?
1: Aha, uh-huh. I think it's now clandestine is how I pronounce it, but Loki from the Avengers pronounces it clandestine.
0: Clandestine, oh, I see.
1: Not allowed, perhaps secret.
0: <laughs> okay, nice one. And what about clunky?
1: Clunky, something that goes.
0: Uh, something that makes this sort of sound, you mean?
1: Yep. Oh. Um, imagine that you're trying to drive your car and it's going... Tr- 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 <laughs> and it's unpleasant sounds. It's clunky. Okay. Um, if you try to explain something and you end up phrasing it in a not very beautiful way, mm-hmm. like I'm doing right now, it might be a clunky explanation. Mm-hmm.
0: I think you're a bit too hard on yourself. yeah <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I think your explanation is uh, clinical.
1: Thank you very much.
0: And okay, and I have two more. Uh, one is basically a verb to cling to something.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, to hold on very closely and tightly. Mm-hmm. Often you're being, often you're being emotional.
0: Okay. Could it also mean like he's he's cling he's still clinging to this could, could it be a bit like pejorative a bit derogatory? In terms Absolutely yes. It yeah. means that he should let go. He should let go. Yeah, he should uh, let go of it. Yeah. Have
1: you seen the, the clingy child at uh, nursery who's holding on to his mom's leg and crying and won't let go?
0: Yeah, that's a good example there. And last but not least um just to let's say liven this up a bit clusterfuck
1: <laughs> um,
0: my personal favorite
1: okay ah you're me of a student of mine who loves to stop me at the end of lessons and ask what words like clusterfuck mean <laughs> um so you you have a lot of a lot of individual fucks right that's when something goes wrong mm-hmm. fucky situations you might say yeah when you have Lots of them in one place, causing a chain reaction of fuckery so that everything that goes wrong is causing something else to go wrong and the whole situation is (laughs) imploding. You've got a
0: clusterfuck. Basically involves a knock-on effect and a chain reaction, as you said. And everything. Everything. Not just
1: an isolated incident, but
0: everything. Just to use a canine reference, it all goes to the dogs.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Or to uh, to use a, a less um, less drawing room phrase, it's all gone to shit.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. Shit is hitting the fan.
1: I'm getting scattered everywhere. Yes, very graphic.
0: Yeah. So I hope, Claire, that this episode of the podcast hasn't been a clusterfuck. And clusterfuck, not at all. And I hope... I hope it was a, 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 a pleasurable experience for me because it was definitely for me, and it's great. It's great uh, to have you back on the podcast.
1: Yes, it was a delight to talk to you, Daniel. Thank you for inviting me.
0: Anytime, Claire. I hope to see you at a board game meetup, and you might see me in Brno.
1: Right. Soon. I really must. I really must.
0: Okay then. See you. Bye. Ahoy! Ahoy! <laughs> Thanks a lot for listening. For more information, go to ZdenX English Podcast Facebook group or visit zdenxenglishpodcast.hotbean.com.